body as you're rolling in the caddy with me. I got a sweet little body as you're rolling in the caddy with me. I got a whole lot of pride for my Holy Ghost more as you're making sweet eyes with me. Don't let me down, sweet mama. Oh, sweet mama, don't let me down. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Another episode of Blind Love Radio. I am your host, Anna. Welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so excited that I'm finally putting this episode out. Um, We did this pretty recently, um, me and my guest Erica today, and it's such a fun episode about creativity and all through the lens of human design, especially the sacral centers, talking a lot about generators and manifesting generators. And I think even if you're not a generator or MG, I think that you'll have a lot to take away from this episode. Um, And if you don't know anything about human design, I think it's so cool. It's just like another modality to explore yourself and the way that you work and the way that you tick. So I think it's awesome. I think it provides a lot of insight. I've gotten a lot of insight about um, myself. (laughs) It sounds so like self-centered, doesn't it? Like, oh, I'm just doing this thing to get to know myself. But you know, it's that saying, if you want to help the world, like clean up your own room, like work on yourself and that's going to ripple out and help everything. So highly recommend human design. I had so much fun talking with Erica all about creativity and also the importance of knowing when to take on a project and when not to, like how to tap into that intuition and that knowing, um, which I think is so important when you're deciding where to put this creative force that you hold. Um, And also the idea of resting as a way to kind of get to the next level of a project or find whether or not you should engage in a project. Um, There's so many cool little tidbits in here. Um, It's really interesting to see how the fact that she's an MG, I'm just a generator, I mean, not just a generator. Generators are cool, but it's really fun to have her on. And she has a defined throat center. So it's cool to see her be able to like articulate these ideas so well. Um, And I think that really comes across in the episode. And there's so many fun ways to work with her and you can really feel that out throughout the discussion and she talks a lot about that at the end and I was just obsessed with everything she had to say 
I love all the ideas that she has surrounding these topics. She is a content coach, an ideas partner, and a co-creator, which I just love that bio. Oh my gosh. So everybody definitely follow her on Instagram, Erica T. Midkiff. I'll spell that out. E-R-I-C-A-T-M-I-D-K-I-F-F. And I'll put that also in the show notes. So if you're interested in working with Erica, she had so many cool ideas. And I know that she'll have great ideas for you too. Just a quick warning. You may hear my lovely dog, Al Pacino, a.k.a. Chi-Chi, in the background. He was here for me while I recorded this episode, and he was a little monster. So I had packed so many peanut butter bones for him to give him lots of treats to keep him occupied, and he did not want to have any of it. He ate them in about five minutes and then (laughs) just wanted my attention. There was a lot of hand nipping and barking and all of the things. I think I did pretty well because I'm able to mute my side while Erica's talking. But while I'm talking, occasionally you may hear a little arf arf. And that's just Pacino saying hi and that he is especially needy. So don't mind him. Um, thank you guys for listening. I hope you get something out of this conversation. I know that you will. Um, it's so fun. I am obsessed. I started to look into other human design resources to learn more because I was on such a high after this conversation. And Erica pointed me towards another generator who does a lot of education. Her name is Rachel Lieberman and you can find her on Instagram. And then I found out that she does a podcast with three other amazing individuals, one of which we've had on the podcast before, AC Brown. She is an amazing projector that I was lucky enough to have on the podcast which if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and listen. It's so fun. It's so cool. She has so many interesting takes on human design and how to get the most out of it and different, um, we talked about like couples and like projectors and generators and, oh, it was so cool. Anyway, Um, so there's four of them and they're each a different design. So we have a manifester, a projector, a MG and a generator. They all come together each week and talk about a different topic and kind of like what their design has to bring to it and their different perspective. And it's so interesting and cool. And I think you learn a lot just through listening to the differences and you can kind of gain a better understanding of the system of a, as a whole, which is really neat. So that podcast is called Each Other, a human design podcast. 
So that's my hot take for this week. Definitely you'll have fun binging that series, that podcast. Um, And yeah, definitely check out Erica's work. Um, If you feel called to it, I definitely encourage you to work with her. I think she has so many great ideas and creative, um, creative, juicy energy to share. I'm just, ah, I just love it. Um, oh, by the way, I am 20 weeks pregnant today. Very exciting. We are at the halfway mark. And I'm super excited. I've been having like really weird pregnancy dreams. You can definitely see a distinct baby bump now. I think it's a little bit bigger than a little baby bump. It's it's a bump. We're bumping over here. My humps, my lumps, my lady lumps, my baby bumps. Um, so, you know, just want to put that out there. That's my exciting thing that's happening. Um, and maybe I'll do like some sort of pregnancy Q&A or have somebody on who can talk to me about labor because that just seems very intense. So if you have anybody to recommend who you'd want to hear on the podcast, definitely let me know on Instagram, Blind Love Radio. Last bit of fun news, I have made Al Pacino a TikTok. He is at the handle I Bite Butts. So follow us there because we're having a lot of fun and I'm obsessed with that little song. Don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. So I've been singing that everywhere. Nothing like, I feel like I sound like I'm 70 years old. Nothing like a good TikTok. (laughs) But yeah, I'm, I'm a noob. And that's fine, but it's fun. So I think that's it. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review it. I hope everybody's feeling relaxed and happy that we're out of that horrible Mercury retrograde. And yeah, I feel like Things in the astral sky are kind of clearing up a little bit, which is always lovely for a forecast. Um, And yeah, I'm sending you guys so much love. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Please don't mind my long ass intro and I'll see you next time. Smooches. Cause a secret ain't no secret if you give it all away. Don't let me down, sweet mama. Whoa, sweet mama, don't let me down. I'm an honest man. Dying to get you in the palm of my hand. All right. So welcome. Go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. 
Absolutely. Hi, my name is Erica Midkiff. Um, I, let's see, what can I tell you about myself? There are so many things. Um, I work for myself. I am an idea partner and co-creator. So I used to work as a copy editor and just kind of expanded out from there. Um, I live in Alabama, but I was born in Virginia. Um, I have a five-year-old son. I am a Gemini, sun and moon, Scorpio rising. Um, I'm a 3-5 emotional manifesting generator in human design. I could probably tell you a hundred thousand more things about myself, <laughs> um, but I can stop there and we can kind of chat from there. Yeah. I want to hear like how you got into human design and like what you love about it and how you've seen it like play out in your life, et cetera. Yes, absolutely. I love talking about human design. So as with many things, several friends kept saying to me, have you heard of human design? And I'd go, yeah, kind of, I don't know. <laughs> and there was a little part of me that knew that if I got into it, I would get into it. And I thought, oh, I don't really know if I have space for this now. But after being asked multiple times by multiple friends what my type was and if I'd heard of it, I went and looked at my chart one day. And of course, that began the immediate <laughs> obsession. <laughs> um, and as a manifesting generator with all of that Gemini, and I'm sure there are other things in my chart that speak to this, what I really wanted was to understand the system as a whole. I didn't like looking at the chart and not knowing what those little things meant. So yes, I, you know, I could read the basic information. Like I know what a manifesting generator is. You know, I know what it means to have an emotional authority, but I wanted to know what it all meant. And so I just started reading all kinds of stuff about it. I didn't read any books because um, I feel like the books written about human design are really intense. I was like, not looking for intense, looking for broad. Um, so I just started reading. And the biggest impact, honestly, was having friends to discuss it with, where we could say, oh, I wonder if this is your blah, blah, blah. And then going, ooh, maybe so. How about you? What about your blah, blah, blah? And so we would just discuss ourselves through this lens. And it's probably been two years now that I've really been pretty deep into it. Um, and it's just, it's even hard to remember how I showed up before, how I thought about myself in my life before. But one of the biggest things I say is that it gave me permission to be exactly who I am. There were things about myself that I thought, oh, well, other people, I don't see other people being like this. So this must not be an okay way to be when actually that's just a deep part of how I show up. And it also shone a light on things that I thought, oh, everyone's like this. And then realized, oh no, this is pretty special about me. Um, so it's given me a lot of permission to be exactly who I am. And it's also really just helped me day to day support myself just in being exactly who I am and really just not making myself wrong and moving toward that space of just showing up just as I am. I love that. Um, one thing that I've been like kind of looking into is if my dog barks, I'm going to try and like edit all of that <laughs> out. Um, he's crazy. But I've been looking into like understanding how the gates are ruled by different planets, which is so cool. So you can kind of like see like, oh, I want to tune into like bringing in more flow and then looking at like your Jupiter gate and seeing 
like how that energy can be supported or how you can support that energy and bring it out, which is so wild. Um, have you seen that? Have you looked into that? I have a little bit. So like I said, I wanted to know what everything was. I'm sure there are some things on the chart that I don't totally understand. But um, I did. I made myself a spreadsheet. I love that you made a spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) That's so Gemini. I love that you looked at the whole system, too. That's very Um, Gemini. Oh, yes, it is. I was like, I need to know everything. I need to know how it all fits together. And that's my North Node. I can't remember if it's conscious or unconscious. is a gate that really is about taking in lots of information and making it feel clear and accessible. And that's what I do with my work. And I've just realized it's how I approach my life. And so I did, I went through and somebody had shared, um, or maybe I found it from various places, but somebody, you know, people had shared, Oh, this is what, you know, just like you said, Jupiter is about um, whatever it was you said. I can't remember all of them. I think you said about being in flow. Um, and I'm still learning about astrology as well. So I feel like sometimes my memory gets a little hazy. Um, but yes, yeah, so I put down, you know, this is the planet, this is the unconscious, this is the conscious, this is the line within the gate. And I wrote out descriptions of them all. And so I didn't memorize them, but I do go back to them often because I'll think, oh, this word or this feeling that just came up made me think of such and such that was in my gate. So I'll go look at my spreadsheet. And, you know, when I find somebody, a friend who has the same gate, I'm like, oh, we have the same gate, but it's in a different planet and it has a different expression. And so, yes, I have done some with that, but I would love to dive deeper into all of it. I really want to know more. Um, Do any like, gates for here. you stand out specifically where you like keep going back to them? Mm, yes. So the North, the one that I mentioned, I can't remember what gate number it is. Um, the one about you know, taking in information and really um, making it clear and accessible. I think about that one a lot. Um, I have, I, so I have five out of seven gates in my defined spleen, which is a lot, a lot of spleen energy. Um, and so I think about those a lot and I don't always remember exactly which ones are which, but I think a lot about, I can feel this energy or I can feel this moving through my spleen. Um, and then I have. And your spleen controls what? So the spleen is, and I am not an expert. So what I'm going to say is going to be sort of my interpretation, but the spleen is like the most primitive awareness center. It's very survival focused. And so each gate um, is kind of intuition based. So gate 57, which connects, my um, throat and my sacral is the literal gate of intuition. And then for each of those, they have sort of a not self. So this sort of gate is about, you know, one of them is called the I smell a rat gate. And it's this ability to sort of almost smell when someone is not quite being honest with you or when something's not quite right. And then the shadow of that might be fear of, past experiences or not shadow and want to say shadow like usually say not self um just because I think the word shadow has a lot of connotations around it and so then the not self of that might be a fear of you know a past experience coming back does that make sense totally that's so cool so how do you think it differs from your root because I feel like the root can carry like so much survival instinct and fear Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So again, I mean, those are probably two that I, the root is probably the one I understand the least, which is funny to have it defined. And I think I have a lot of <laughs> some work to do there, which actually might be why it feels a little hazy to me. But what I understand about the root is that it's a pressure center. Somebody explained it one time that having your root defined is like knowing there's a light switch in the room of sort of time to do the thing. It's not time to do the thing. And you can turn it on and off. And then if you don't have the root center defined, it's like not knowing the light switch exists. So it's a pressure center where the spleen is an awareness center. And there's a difference certainly in that. Um, but beyond that, um, I'm not sure how much more accurately I could share the difference between those two. But I really think about spleen when I think about, you know, I have several friends who have splenic authority and that's really about, they say that the spleen doesn't say yes to things. It says no to things that are not for you. Um, so it's a very, again, I'm not an expert, but it feels very protective to me where the root is more about, um, I don't want to say time necessarily, but it feels more like a pressure to do something or, or the pressure's done. We're not going to do anything right now. Um, does that line up with your understanding or do you have other thoughts? Um, I don't know. I don't have like too many thoughts. I am an open book. I feel like <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, it's interesting because I have a completely open throat center. So like mm. I have no gates with it and it's completely open. And it's mm -hmm. interesting like having a podcast because <laughs> it's like I can't tell a story to save my life. Like Ooh. if I'm like talking like my husband will be like, come on, like spit it out. He he has like a defined throat center <laughs> and like he has so much Gemini and is such a great talker. He's a projector. He can completely like like encapsulate a situation and articulate it in this beautiful way. And but I'm like able, I think, to like take in. I'm able to listen, I guess, and give other people uh -huh like magnify other people's voices um mm. which is cool so it's interesting to see so I don't even know if like I I don't know that much about anything like about human design directly but I feel like I do a little bit just through like personal experience um mm -hmm. But yeah, so I don't know anything really like my spleen is open or not open, mm -hmm. but undefined. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like I don't really connect that much to it, I guess. My mm -hmm. root is closed or not closed. Um, yeah, I guess it would be closed because it has like a million gates and <laughs> it's colored in. So it's defined. And I feel like I completely related to when you were talking about knowing when to take on a project or like knowing when to engage with an energy. I think that's something I've really learned from the past year. Um, mm -hmm. When I was like investigating my gates recently, I learned that one of my gates is, it's called like this the mountain or something like stillness and I mm -hmm. started like a formal med meditation practice for the past year um 
And I feel like it's been so helpful because being a generator, they really say with like, because I think I have um, sacral authority. So mm-hmm. I've always thought like, oh, I'm supposed to hear something and then respond to it immediately, but then never really felt right. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I felt like I just needed to sit with things. Um, and being that part of like sitting with something, I think is the key of knowing when to engage with it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not always it's like timing. It's this whole other factor of bringing in like knowing something is right is important, but it's also important to know when to say yes or when to say no. Um, (laughs) I had this really funny experience with, I didn't know I'm a hairstylist um, and I do a lot of weddings. That's like my business. Uh And I had this client and it didn't really seem like it was going to work out. Um, And it was on for this specific day. And then I got another request for that same day. Um, And I wasn't really sure like how to go about it and which one to take. Um, And I sat with it and then I decided to... I waited maybe like two days and immediately I wanted to make a decision, but mm-hmm. I was like, I should just sit with it and see how it goes. And then I told the one girl, like, I've already been like working with this other one and I just need to like wait a little longer um, and see how it goes and I'll get back to you. And it was so funny because like 15 minutes later, I get an email from the planner being like, oh, this person wants to cancel. (laughs) And I was like, this is so crazy. And then I had like emailed back the other girl and I was like, this is crazy. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like if I hadn't waited though, it would have been like, she would have probably moved on like over the weekend. Um, And it wasn't like perfect timing because I still was off by maybe like 15 minutes. Um, Mm But it's wild, like, those synchronicities that can start happening when you're able to, like, be in alignment with timing. Yes. I love that so much. Because, yeah, I mean, I've had things like that happen, too. I have an emotional authority, so I have to wait, which is yeah, <laughs> was tell annoying me about when I figured that. it out. Um, but, yeah, I've had so many times, too, where... Um, it almost, you know, in your story, I'll tell you about mine too, but in your story, it almost made me feel like, you know, you emailed that person because you knew an answer was coming. Like you felt, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what it feels like happens to me. But I will have somebody just pop into my head and I'll be like, oh, I wonder how such and such is doing. And I'll email them and they'll say, I was just about to call you. I was about to email you. I was just going to, you know, I've been working on this like thing for you or something like, or something big just happened for them. And so it just feels kind of like you knew, you know? that an answer was coming or something. But yeah, there's really, really something in that, like honoring the fact that it's not a yes yet and you need to wait to sort of see how you feel. That that does feel really aligned for me. Um, and yeah, having an emotional authority. So I have um, a type of emotional wave. So that's how my feelings go, you know, sort of up and down as it were. 
And mine is usually pretty steady, meaning emotionally I'm usually fairly steady. But then I'll have ups and downs. And what I personally need to do, you know, different ways work in different ways. But what I personally need to do is sort of feel the up. So like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. This will solve all of my problems. Or this will make me feel amazing. Or this is going to change my whole entire life. And I will be this new person. Undefined identity center here. <laughs> you know? um, so I need to sort of ride that out and go, okay, I see this for being a high. Um, and I've started to learn, especially if I start with a high, to look for the low and not seek around for it, but actually just wait for it and know that something is going to happen and it's going to make me feel like, oh no, this is actually the worst thing that could happen. Everything will be awful. Nothing will be okay again. And you can probably hear the extremes in those. It's like either everything is great and it's the answer or like nothing is good and it's not the answer. And neither of those are a good place for me to make a decision. Um, because I'm making a decision based on, you know, one of these extremes instead of waiting until I'm kind of in the middle and I've felt both extremes. And then I have this just sort of middle ground where I'm like, okay, well, I can see this clearly. Um, and then I can really feel into, is this a yes or a no? Um, and sometimes I just feel kind of nothing, which I take to mean a no. Like if I don't feel like I need to move forward with this, then it will just sort of fade into the distance and, I can't think of any times where I've let things sort of fade away and then gone, oh, I wish I had done that. Maybe my brain goes, I wish I had done that. But it's often because I see something happen that my brain was like, oh, we needed that thing. I'm like, well, clearly we didn't. If, no. And that's not to say that, I mean, I can't make mistakes and things like that. Like I'm still learning how to work with it. But I do find an increasing trust in just that process of I'm going to feel all the things. And then at some point, I will be at a place where I feel like I can make a decision. and I will live with whatever, you know, comes out of that decision and learn from that. That's so cool. I pulled a card for what we should talk about and I got the chariot uh -huh. and I pulled uh -huh. an oracle card and I got magic, <gasps> which feels like it reminds me of this idea of like riding out this emotional wave and then choosing how to move based on it. Um, I love that. Where do you have cancer in your chart? Oh, well, you'd have it where I have it. <laughs> Yeah, you Scorpio have it. rising. <laughs> so you have it. Do you oh, yeah, use whole yeah. sign or what? Uh, I use. Does Shani use whole sign? I, that's that's been my main astrology experience. I cool. Yeah, me too. Um, so you have it in your ninth house. I think so. I can't remember off the top of my head, honestly. Um, which I feel like is neat because what would that be? That would be like. Ninth house topics of like intuition. I feel like Sagittarius mm -hmm. house is very like intuitive and like your higher <laughs> knowing of things. Um, and like also balancing out all of like the Gemini stuff with like mm -hmm. the third house of like you can take in all this information and then react to it. And mm -hmm. then it's like balancing it all out and coming into the center and choosing like where to go from there. Yeah. <laughs> that feels like me. <laughs> I love it. And that, that feels like the emotional wave. I love it too. I always love seeing all the different ways that these different things connect. Like I love reading something about my astrology and going, oh, this makes me think of my three line or being a manifesting generator or my, you know, undefined head or whatever it is. I love that feeling of um, making those parallels or seeing those parallels between things, which of course goes back to my lots of information and making connections. 
thing, but it is cool. So what other parts in your chart do you have like defined or undefined? Yes. So I have single definition. Do you know what that means? No. Tell me more. Okay. Um, So definition is about how your centers are connected. So having a center defined means that there is a channel that connects that center to another center. Um, So single definition means that all of my centers are connected to each other, meaning all of the energy I have consistent access to can access all the other energy in my chart. So um, I have my throat, my spleen, my sacral, my emotional, and my root defined, and they all in some way connect so that there's a direct path from the one end to the other end, which is my emotional to my throat. Um, so if somebody had, for example, their head and ajna defined and then their spleen and their sacral defined, then that's called split definition. And there are various types of splits you can have. Um, but then, you know, the head and ajna energy can't necessarily reach the spleen and sacral energy. Um, so yeah, I have those five centers and I have five channels, which is, feels like a lot of channels to me. I feel like I just have a lot of energy in my chart, I feel like. Um, and you, I think you said you only have two centers defined. Is that correct? Am I remembering this? No, I have the crown defined. I have uh-huh. the mind defined. Uh-huh. And then I think just the sacral and my root so four centers so i'm split definition i guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's Uh very interesting to think about like having all of your energy available to you that's so cool yes and one of the things that's said about people who have single definition is that we're not always great at compromise and i don't think that necessarily means like the literal definition of compromise but you know, I for people who have a split definition, it can be really supportive for them to go, for example, to a coffee shop because, you know, being around other people, it's very possible that somebody there or a combination of people there will bridge that split so that all of your energy can access itself. Does that make sense? So um, Ooh, that's for me, so interesting. Yeah. So for me, that's not necessary, and so my relationship to other people's designs is just going to be different. It's not good or bad. It just is what it is. And so I think there's a sort of, I can I can start to see it in myself, but other people who don't have it, sometimes will point out like, oh, this feels very single definition to me because I don't feel that way. <laughs> um, so yeah. Like what? What will, what's like an example of it? Oh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm going to have a specific example. I was trying to think of one as I was talking. Nothing was coming out because I haven't, I haven't talked to anybody about it in a while. But um, I think that feeling of uh, is a good, probably a good example of wanting to go to a coffee shop to get energy from other people. Um, I just I don't feel like I need that. I love people. I love being around them. But it feels like a really different reason for me. And I feel like people I know who have a split or even a triple split. So they may have, you know, three different channels, um, but none of them connect to each other, you know? So they, I, I have a friend who has a triple split and says, wow, that you know, sometimes I just have to be around other people's energy. And I just don't, I don't feel that way. I love to be around people for other reasons. So that's kind of a vague example, but um, like I said, it's been a while since anyone said that's very single definition of you. And so it kind of slipped my mind. So we're the same profile. <laughs> 
talk to me about that. Like, how do you experience your three five? Hmm, that's a good question. It has been such a learning experience for me, and I really connected more with my three line first, which makes sense because it's my conscious. Um, and I had a lot of reckoning with being a three line to do, and I don't, I don't think I ever went through wishing I wasn't a three line, but I don't really live in a culture where you know, bumping into things and learning through doing is really celebrated. (laughs) Um, And I don't even necessarily think about it as learning through making mistakes because when, when I make a mistake or when, when I do something and it doesn't work the way I thought it was going to, or when I do something, basically that's how I learn. That's how I gain information. I've talked about it before. Like I'm standing in the dark and I don't know if there's a tree in front of me or not. And the only way to know if there's a tree in front of me or not, is to walk ahead. And if I bump into the tree, now I have information. Now I have a map in my head. There's a tree. I've got to pick a direction. I don't know if there's a tree to my left. I don't know if there's one to my right. Like, I just have to keep going. And a very funny example that I tell people a lot is I was making a cake recently for last year. And I thought through and thought through and thought through how to make the dinosaur cake. And, oh, my God, I looked at Pinterest. I'd, like, done all the things. And finally, I was like, okay, it's all ready. Five minutes into decorating this cake, I was like, oh, I should have done this part differently. (laughs) And then I went, oh, you know what? If I were starting a cake decorating business, if I were going to make a hundred dinosaur cakes, that would be useful information. You know, I could go, oh, I'm going to write that down for next time. But I'm just going to make this one dinosaur cake. And so, great. It could have been different. It could have been, quote unquote, better. But it's not, and that's fine. And that's what it is to me to have a three line is just... I can't know until I do something. You might hear my cat running around. (laughs) Um, And so the five line took a little bit longer to really understand. It's unconscious. um, And I feel like it was just such a part of my life that I couldn't see. But two big things have come out of the five line for me. One is, maybe three, one is understanding that I, you know, people say about the five line, like, hey, you have the capacity to save people and help people. I do. I can help in a lot of ways. Like, I'm very, I have a lot of strengths and a lot of power and a lot of ability to, like, see people and help them. Um, but number two, the second thing is that people can feel that and they often project on the five line. So um, they might look at me and say, oh, wow, I think you'd be really great at being a professional cake decorator. I'm like, well, yes, it could be great at that. But do I want to? And I think it's that permission to ask, do I want to? That five lines maybe aren't often shown. And so then, you know, for me, I would go, oh, I have to be a professional cake decorator. Someone saw me. Someone saw this in me just because I don't feel connected to it. I must need to do this thing. And so a big part of it has really been disconnecting from that narrative and going, oh, actually, no, I really don't. I mean, thank you. I think I could be a great cake decorator, but I'm not going to do that. Or in a more, you know, sort of intense scenario, like, yes, I understand that you feel like my presence or my help would be really supportive for you. And it's just like not the right thing for me right now. Or I just don't have the space or the capacity or like, I don't, you know, that's just not something I can do right now, which is harder than saying, no, I won't be a professional cake decorator. Um, but that's been very freeing for me to kind of go, I can take 
to the ways that people see me and run them through my own filter. Like, do I want this? Does this feel true for me? And then the third thing for me has been the most recent thing, which is um, in some ways, five lines are really good at universalizing. So taking an experience, particularly paired with my three line and helping other people see it, helping other people access it, teaching it, sharing it. And that comes into my work a lot. I'm very good at taking information and considering how many different people might want to use it and then saying, here are some ways. I have an undefined Ajna, so very much like I can see lots of angles. So here are some ways you could present this information that might help various people work with it. Now, what feels good to you? You take it back in and let your sort of process run on it. You see what comes up for you around these various examples. So those three things have been my big takeaway from the five line. And in combination, I just still working on how this show up in combination, but um, I really love being a three five. How about you? I'd love to hear about your experience. I feel like the three line has been, I've, I've been learning how to not burn myself out on mm-hmm. trying so many different things because it feels a little bit exhausting. And I really, it's taken a lot to accept that part of myself um, because mm-hmm. I feel like I had the conditioning when I was little that I didn't stick with anything and I wanted to try mm-hmm. like different things and, and I want to stop when something isn't working, but people mm-hmm. see that as quitting. Um, yep. And it just makes me feel bad. So it's like, oh, you're picking up this new project and it's fun for a little while until it's not, right? Um, right. And being able to like give myself the permission to be able to stop is very freeing. But also I feel like it's like, what is it? Unconditioning or like deconditioning yeah or unconditioning works for me too (laughs) (laughs) but like getting rid of this like subconscious narrative that like I'm bad because of it um Mm -hmm. has been very hard and it also I also feel like I get when I get really like in these creative um I'm a little bit more hesitant to what projects I pick up now because mm. I feel like sometimes I can get in like a manic spiral with them. Like there's too much energy that's like sometimes a little bit overwhelming. I don't know if you ever feel this way, but like the idea yeah. of like, engaging in creative things for the sake of being creative rather than having a purpose to a creation like I feel like Mm -hmm. when I have a purpose to an experiment or something creative it feels more grounding than just like diving into the waters and kind of like seeing if I can swim Like it feels a little bit more overwhelming and I feel like I can get lost in that wave and it feels like I get swept away in this like creative madness and it just feels crazy. Like, yeah. 
So I think deciding being like that idea of stopping and being still and really waiting like I have an impulse to start something and then sitting on it for however long I need to to get like a yes or a no I think has been such a difference um in in just going down those two different paths yes oh gosh I feel that way too and a lot of what you were talking about about having permission to quit things as a manifesting generator, 100%. I'm here to do part of pretty much everything. Uh, I mean, there are lots of things I follow through on, but, you know, I've really given myself permission not to finish books, not to finish projects. Like, a part of being, you know, especially a manifesting generator is just I get what I need out of it and then I move on. And that feels very three-line to me as well. Um, but also what you were saying made me think about there's, I think it was Rachel of, Pure Generators. She has an Instagram account and website and offerings for generator types specifically. And she, I'm pretty sure it was her. She was talking about um, how once a generator moves into something, and that's, that's both of us as a generator type, um, that it can be really hard to stop. It's kind of like trying to move, trying to stop a train. Yes, it's so true. Yes. And so I think what you're saying is so wise and you figured out for yourself like that combination of I need to wait to hear the answer and I don't want to just barrel into something and then have to use all that energy in putting on the brakes instead of just using a little time to wait and see is this really aligned for me and I definitely yeah definitely because if it's not <laughs> aligned it's like you take in all of this energy and it's like you yeah. have to expend it it's that idea of like yeah. unused creativity is not benign yeah. So, so this idea of like deciding whether to engage or not, because I love experimenting, but I feel like it does, like I go crazy if I take on like every shiny thing I see because it's just too much and it's not like a wise use of energy. Yes. And my Gemini loves shiny, so I'm right there with you. (laughs) I want to do all the things. And it's actually been, there's been a relief for me in knowing I don't, not only don't have to, but it's not going to feel good to do them all because there's definitely some FOMO in me that's going, but I want to do this and I want to take this class and I want to learn this thing and I want to try this thing and I want to be good at this thing and I want to be this person. Um, And so really through three-lining and experiencing what it feels like to do too much, I've gone, oh, wait, I can enjoy the thought of being that person. I have an undefined identity, so really very strongly, um, and you may resonate with this idea um, because it sounds like yours is undefined as well. I can really strongly get into sort of like, what would it feel like if my whole life was making pottery? And that's it going forward. Oh, my God. We've had to stop me from making every (laughs) hobby into a business. That's been a thing. Right. But yeah, but really slowing down and going, okay, I love the thought of the way that feels, but do I really want to do that right now? Do I have actual sacral energy for it or does it just sound fun? And it's okay if it just sounds fun. I can enjoy that thought and then I can go actually do something that feels fun. (laughs) So yes, I've gotten much better at that, but I deeply feel you on all this. And it's interesting, the idea of like the five coming in and kind of playing off the three because... 
it's like they can project onto you any project, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like having like that pause coming in again of like, you need to be so rooted within yourself to actually know if it's a yes or a no, because it's like added pressure when you're already pressuring yourself to like try new things. Yep. Yep. And I have, you know, I have people I will ask, what it, does this sound like me? Does this sound like something that you perceive as true about me? And that doesn't mean that I take their answer as the truth. It, that's been something to respond to. If a close friend says, no, that really doesn't sound like you. But I'm going, Ooh, you just haven't seen this side of me. Great. Or if they say, yes, that does sound like you. And I'm going, mm, maybe I could, but I don't want to. You know, it gives me this response. But, I, you know, there are lots of people at this point, people I don't even know. It's not a specific group. I'm not naming any specific people. But, you know, if they came to me and said, oh, I really see this in you, I would go, hmm, okay, time to run it through my filter. There's not even a, I just, I don't get anything now at this point often. I'm sure sometimes I do other than a desire, like you said, to sit with it. And that feels like a real win for me because you could just feel like this you know, flag flapping in the breeze, like I'm up here, I'm up here, I'm up down, I'm left, right, you know, I'm all over the place with, in terms of what people think about me or are projecting on me. So it feels a lot more, you said grounding, and I really agree with that statement. In this context, like it feels more grounding to me to know I get to decide. It's not decided by someone else telling me that they see something, it's decided by how I feel about that thing that they said to me. And that is such an energy saver for me in so many ways. It's so cool how you use it as a mirror. I love that. Like being mm -hmm. able to like ask people to reflect back what they see and then running that through a filter. Like mm -hmm. that feels very like the lover's energy of the year. Like being oh, that's able my card for this year. Is it really like your personal card? Yep. I'm in my lover's year. How do you, how has it been? Oh, hard. Really? <laughs> like what? Tell me more. Um, I've just seen a lot of stories come up and, you know, I, I know you took Lindsay Mack's class and, um, so I know, I'm sure you know more than I do because I haven't taken any of her classes yet about how she talks about it. But just one of the things that I keep remembering is this idea of seeing something outside of myself and thinking, oh, I need that, but actually I already have the thing that I need. Um, and that sounds a little vague when I say it out loud, but just. I feel like I that's seen, coming back so, to everything we're talking about, though. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, I need to try <laughs> this on, but like really whatever I'm looking for in this project or in this thing, like I can already cultivate that feeling with what I have. Or like, oh, yeah. it's like the same because we're using the same sacral energy for everything so it's just mm -hmm. like how do I want to manifest this energy it could be in like whether it's playing soccer or baking a cake or starting a quilt like it's all the same energy it's just how do I want to bring it forth I'm nodding and you can't see me. Right? But I'm like, nodding really big. <laughs> it's so interesting to think about. Like, it's all the same thing. It's just being wise with, like, where where do I want to reflect it onto? 
But yeah. like, it's not even that you need to do the thing because you'd still be a three five even if you didn't take on any projects, right? Right. Which is like yeah. kind of trippy to think about. But it's oh, just yeah, it like ex- it's experiencing your energy in a new way or through a new filter. Yeah, I'm really loving this idea. I, I feel like I need to sit down and think about it more um, about the connection between lovers and all that we're talking about. Because there's, yes, there's so much there. And, oh, yeah. And it's something that came up for me when you were talking about, you know, I could use this to play soccer or bake a cake, but you can't do both at the same time. And yes. so there's going to be one that, or if you feel equally excited about both, then you're going to use your energy in a way that feels good. Like if I feel just as good about playing soccer as baking a cake, I feel like either one is going to have a really fun outcome for me. So, you know, that. Yeah. Like it's going to feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you can't make and a wrong is. decision then. Right. Which feels really reassuring because I think as a three line, a lot of time <laughs> yes. worrying about making a wrong decision instead of just doing the thing and going, well, I will be okay if something happens that I didn't want or something happens that I didn't expect. And what if it's better than I thought it would be? That's one of the things I've learned with the three line is if things could be even better than I think, if I really try to follow, like you said, the, the pausing and the tuning in and all of those things, you know, I, I really releasing attachment to the outcome has been very supportive for me. Also, really hard. <laughs> not going to sugarcoat that one. <laughs> I, I usually, want what I want. I want to control it. Yeah, I usually find like the the projects that I'm most scared of starting are usually the best ones, and the ones that I want to jump into immediately and not want to sit with are usually Ooh. something that I don't want to continue. Something that made me think of something I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is the difference between avoidance and something being a thing that needs my focus right now. And what you just said made me think of like jumping into that project that I'm so excited to do right now. Sometimes that's avoidance for me. Sometimes that's, ooh, if I do this thing, then I don't have to do the scary thing. But that's going to drain my energy. Oh, my God. Yes, that's so true. Because, yeah, so that would probably be like, the not self or like using the three in a very like self-destructive way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I feel like all of these ideas have like really negative well everything can have like a negative manifestation or a positive one like thinking about Mm -hmm. the lover's card like it could go either way right right and I also tend to think about those things as like, I don't even know if a spectrum is the right word, but you know, that even if something doesn't go the way that we want it to, or even if something happens, it's like, that's not what I wanted. And this does not feel good. You know, Lindsay talks about things being for us, even when they're really hard. And that, that gets into, I think can get into not, not the way she says it, but can get into sort of a, a place of like, everything happens for a reason, which I don't know. It's really hard things happen that shouldn't happen. Um, and so that feels tough. But, but you know, really being with yourself and saying, like, this thing is hard and it's not what I wanted. And I can also look around for something that I can move forward with as a three line. Like, this, this is hard and I'm going to be with that. And also, what can I carry forward as a three line? I just repeated myself. I felt like I had a different way to say it and I did not. 
No, <laughs> I love that. And the idea also of like not worrying about a decision. Like I love what she says about like you can't miss what's meant for you. Yeah. Like when I was yeah. trying to decide like who should I email back and what should I tell them about the wedding thing. Uh-huh. I just remembered like whatever wedding I'm supposed to do is the wedding that I'll end up doing. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need to add this, like, anxious energy to it. Um, and I've been trying to, like, remind myself of that just in general because I feel like I can get very anxious. I'm a very anxious human. Um, but this idea of, like, cultivating this inner calm so that you're drawing people into your calmness and you kind mm-hmm. of, like, are attracting these experiences that so like the again I'm coming back to the lover's card I don't know why I keep coming back to it but this idea of like being the reflection that you want to see or like reflecting out this calmness so like you can draw in more outside experiences that that mirror that um because I feel like I've been trying to think of like this is how I want my energy expressed. So like this is the filter I want to put it through. So like I want to engage in activities that are calm. So like trying to like when I sit down and think of like, do I want to engage in this activity? Like thinking, does this align with my intention for like what kind of energy I want to bring out? I feel like that was like very all over the place but mm. I'm always all over the place I feel that <laughs> <laughs> I have my my one panel that comes through my throat is the um 20 34 and the 34 is in my well I guess I have two cause one connects to the spleen to that intuition gate and the other connects to the 34 in my um sacral could not say that word <laughs> couldn't couldn't make it come out of my mouth um and, you know, so my throat gate is the gate of now. It's kind of like I open my mouth and something comes out. <laughs> it's not always, I love you know, that. It feels like a very three-line experience. Like, I'm just going to say it. And sometimes I have to say it and go, hmm, I just heard myself say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it connects to the gate of intuition. So it's, I think that makes sense to me of, like, I'm going to open my mouth and something's going to come out. But then the 34 in the sacral is the gate of power. And it's... um I was listening to a podcast called Each Other that has several human design people on it. They just discussed their designs. And one of the women was saying, I have the 34. And when it's, it's, it's almost has, I've said the term sacral wave before because I feel that like it, this power comes in waves. And she said, I will be cleaning the house in one of these waves and I will break handles off of a mug because it's so much power coursing through my body that I'm just, you know, going really quickly. And so these are the two gates that connect to my throat. So I'm like all this power and then like whatever comes out of my mouth in the moment. (laughs) And so you were saying you're a rambling. I can ramble and go all over the place with the best of them. So you're in good company. All welcome here. Um, I love that. I just muted myself when I said that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So tell me about your business. Like, what do you do? How do you coach people or work with people? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. um, 
So I started out, I think I mentioned this earlier, started out as a copy editor in the beginning. And I worked for King Vogue magazine and some other, another, a couple of other publications. And then also I just really wanted to work with small business owners um, and help them really more clearly say what they were trying to say. And over the years, I really found myself wanting to zoom back like, oh, I'd love to help you before you start writing this piece so that, you know, we can sort of plan it out together. And then, oh, I would love to help you before you start writing anything so we can plan the whole thing out together. And at this point, so what I've been calling myself is an idea partner and a co-creator. And so I really love having people come to me and just talk like you show up. You're going to think all of your thoughts don't make any sense. You're going to think you're rambling. You're going to think it's jumbled. You're going to think there are no connections. But if you just start talking, my energy, I can't, I call it energetic onboarding because I can't find another way to explain it. But it's like it starts forming this map inside of me. Sometimes I call it a constellation. Like you have all these stars and I can start seeing various constellations and all your stars like, oh, this could connect this way or this could look like this. And, you know, I ask questions because I can see where is the sort of missing piece. And then after we talk, I basically bring form to all that they shared. So whatever it was, it doesn't even really, you know, there are so many different things I help people with. I have helped people with books, Oracle decks, like defining the heart of their business, um, classes, newsletters. Uh, I helped somebody with a um, portfolio like a visual portfolio, you know, if it just helped with lots of different things, but the idea is that I'm so good at taking it all in and then seeing how it all fits together and then giving it back to the person and saying, here's what you said. Here's how I see it fitting together. Now, how does this feel to you? Like, let's refine from here and create whatever it is you want to create. And so that's the sort of idea partner piece is like, I'm here. I feel like I'm lending my defined throat. I feel like I'm lending all of these sort of skills or not so all of this energy to the project and to the person being like, let's get all these ideas out of you and make sense of them. And then I also can help people create. So I can help, I can co-write, like I can take all that you've said and, and write the thing and then give it to you and you go from there. So you're not having to start with that blank cursor of doom as we all been there. I can help edit. I can help. I love helping people consider the experience that someone's going to move through so, um, you know, when I work with somebody, often I can think, ooh, what if you did this at this point? And what if you told them this at this point? And what if this was like a worksheet? And what if this was a guided audio? And what if this was, you know, I can see all those pieces and I can see how an experience could be even more supportive for people on the other end. Again, that universalizing piece. Um, I can help edit. I can help format things. You know, how are we going to share this information? Um so, yeah, I really just, I love it when people come to me and say, I don't know if you can do this, but, because that's a very five-line thing that I've now taken ownership of. So I love it when people come and say, can you do this? And often the answer is, yes, that sounds so fun. Let's do it right now. <laughs> so that's what I do for work. That feels like the whole three five, because it feels like you're taking all this information or this energy and then creating a project for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And exactly. like becoming their solution. Yes. And it, I, I don't know if I saw myself get very like, whoa, excited, sparkly about it. I just, I just love doing it. I really, and every time people are like, I'm talking too much. This doesn't make any sense. I'm like, no more, please. <laughs> Keep going. I love it. I can feel it's, it's a visceral 
feeling in my body of like how things connect together. And then my job really is to just translate it into something that someone else can understand. If I could just take that feeling out of my body and give it to someone else, I think that would be really cool because it's so much more than words on a paper. And so often what I'll do is often also, excuse me, not often record an audio so that I can say those things of like, oh, this connects to this and this connects to this. So I feel like I'm doing my best to offer this more 3D picture, three-dimensional vision, which is kind of hard on a page because you have to sort things into sections and often like, but I want to, I want to put this idea in 20 different sections, but that's not going to be helpful. So, you know, instead I just draw parallels for people in that way. That's so cool. I love that. How do you feel like your sacral like, I want to talk a little bit about just, like, sacral energy in general and, like, yeah. how you feel, like, like, I love the idea that you talked about, like, you got really, like, sparkly and excited because they say, like, you should, like, do more things that excite you if you're, mm-hmm. if you have any, like, generator in you. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk a little about, about, like, your journey with that and your experience of, like, when you followed that and when you haven't and, like what you've seen? Yes, absolutely. So the first thing I'll say is that with my work, I've learned that it takes time as an emotional being and as a person with what I call my sacral wave. So, you know, I'll get really excited on the phone with somebody and I'll think, oh, I'm going to do this right after I hang up. But I know now that once I'm done, that was like one big wave of energy. And so I just let things sit until it's time. And usually it's the next day where I'll wake up, again, emotional person, so I sleep on things. I'll usually wake up with all these ideas, but if I don't, I'll just give it another day because I know things are happening inside of me that I can't see. So that's one way that I honor my sacral. And I usually tell people, if you have a firm time that you need this by, let me know. Otherwise, it will be about, let's say, a week. But I can't tell you exactly when it's going to be because I just have to do it when the ideas are ready to be seen. But in terms of my overall sacral journey, it's it's been a long one. Um, you know, several years ago, I worked with a really wonderful, at that time, she was calling herself an emotional wellness coach. Her name is Barbara Aroshina. And if you know me at all, if anyone is listening to this, who knows me, they already know who she is. <laughs> they have probably heard me talk about her a hundred times. But I remember her asking me, what do you want in this moment? And I remember her, I remember, she may not have phrased it that way, but that's the way I remember it. And I can remember standing in the middle of the living, my living room and going, what do I want, want right now? And nothing. I heard nothing. I felt nothing. My brain had lots of ideas. Oh, you could go do this. Oh, you could go do that. Oh, you could have this. Or you could have that. I felt nothing. And that was a starting point. And I didn't even know about human design at that point. This was just, you know, really trying to come back to sort of my body and myself. And so from there, I just, I continued asking myself the question and, you know, when I found human design, it was really helpful to read about my sacral because I thought, oh, okay, 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 okay. So I can respond to things. I don't have to think something up, which is very sort of the manifester side of my manifesting generator. My brain can think like, oh, we have to start something. That's kind of the version of you like running around doing all the projects with me going, oh, my brain thought this up, so I'm going to do it. And then it's like, no, it's a train wreck of having to stop that train and go off the rails and things. So yeah, it's just a long period of really noticing. I would say that one of the biggest things was really noticing 
when I just felt drained and then nothing felt fun or nothing felt interesting or exciting. And then repeatedly telling myself, repeatedly having friends tell me, oh, you know, this, your sacral sounds like it needs to come back online. What you probably need is rest. And of course, none of us want to hear it. Well, some of us want to hear that, but that's a hard thing to hear when we live under capitalism of, but rest is, you know, rest is scary. Rest is not safe, but darn it. Every time I would rest, it would come back online. Or every time I would stop trying to push my way through, well, sometimes it wasn't even resting, but every time I would stop trying to force myself to have that energy, I would feel better. And a little spark would come back online. Um, oh my God, that's so, so wise. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I mean, it's, I always feel like when people sum these things up, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And it just leaves out the like agony of being in the middle of that and just not feeling anything. Like, you know, I, that was three seconds of my talking, but it was months of time where like, I don't feel anything. And then I would feel a little spark and then I don't feel anything. So yeah, it's, it's, I think for some people probably easier than that. And some people maybe harder than that, but it was a whole journey. And I still get into that place sometimes where I think, oh, but I have to get all these things done. So I don't have time to do something that makes me feel good. And that's like a recipe for another train wreck. (laughs) Yeah, because it makes everything you do after that, like so much more aligned and productive. So how do you think the manifesting part of the generator, like how do you think both of those energies come together? I've read a lot of different opinions about this um, because that's one of the, I mean, again, from everything I've said, I'm sure this is obvious. That's one of the ways I sort of see my own experience is by seeing options like oh is this how I experience it oh does this feel true and often what will happen is I'll read something or I'll hear somebody say something on a podcast or somebody will mention an idea and I'll think okay logically that makes sense and then days weeks months later I will have an experience that helps me actually feel it and then I can mentally go back to that um thing I read or heard or somebody said and go oh that's the one that was true and here's what it feels like for me. Um, so being a manifesting generator, some people think there are only four types. Some people think there are five types. I don't think it really matters. Um, but for me, it's about really, A, giving myself permission to quit things because I just don't always need all of something. I mean, there are books where I've read three chapters. I've read three chapters of Pima Children's When Things Fall Apart. And I've read those three chapters 30 times each and I have not read the rest of the book and maybe one day the rest of the book will be for me, but that was what I needed. And so that was what I read. And so giving myself permission to sort of move around a lot is, is a lot about being a manifesting generator to me. And then also being extra careful. Like some of the things you were saying made me feel like what I've heard that feels resonant for me as a manifesting generator of, you know, pausing and making sure something is aligned before barreling into it because it's very easy for me to think oh I've thought of this idea I'm just going to do it okay I have the quote-unquote energy for it right now so I'm going to do it but a lot of times I'm realizing that's actually an emotional high and so that's my of course specific lens on being a manifesting generator but you know then then I've started this train down the path it wasn't a path it was really for me I have to take the energy to stop it and then I have this um 
thing that's partially done that I probably never really decided to stop doing. Um, I just sort of let it drift. There's a guilt that can come with that. Whereas if I start a book, like this book feels like it's for me right now. I get three chapters in. I don't want to read it anymore. I feel like there's a different energy there because I really entered into it in a way that was like, oh, this is for me. There's something in here for me where that project that I may have started might have been, oh, I should do this. And that's very much a clue of like, mm, I might should do a lot of things but on based on other people's opinions. But that's so cool. Is this for me? Mm-hmm. There's like a little negative intuition that's hidden within a project. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do yeah. you feel like you can tell the difference? Do you feel like it immediately comes to you or do you feel like it's like that idea of like what you're avoiding rather mm-hmm. than like mm-hmm. what you want to jump into? I think it's all of that. I think it's my emotional wave. I think it's sometimes I really have to feel. So one of the pieces of advice that's given to manifesting generators um, that I think about sometimes is don't just picture, um, how am I going to say this? This, the, you know, the idea sounds exciting. Great. Now picture doing all the mundane steps that you have to do <laughs> to make this thing happen. Picture yourself doing those. And certainly, are we always going to want to do every piece of a project? No. But if it doesn't really feel like I can feel this being fun in my body, that's a clue. Um, and one of the things I have a friend who's a manifesting generator and we have free, she has the most similar chart of anyone I've ever looked at um, who I'm friends with. And so we talk about this specifically sometimes. I don't like to work on one thing at a time. I'm not really interested in saying like today on this giant project, I am going to set up this one specific piece of email automation, let's say. That's all I'm going to do today. No, I'm going to do 10 pieces of that project in a two-hour period. I am going to spend 10 minutes on the email automation and I'm going to go, ooh, you know what that makes me think of? I haven't finished the cover yet. And I'm curious about like, how will that fit into this email? So let me go work on that a little bit. And oh, yes. Okay. I had the energy for that. It's done. It took like five minutes because I had the energy for it. That makes me think, you know, I did this cover. So I'm going to go change a couple of the inside pieces to, to flow with this like color scheme. That feels really fun. I'm going to go do it. Okay. Now that I've done this, I want to go put the cover back in email automation. I feel so excited about it. And that's how I work on things. I do not very often sit down and do one thing at a time, but I get things done if I let myself jump around. I am more effective that way. I try to barrel through one thing and ignore that sort of pull of sacral energy. Then when I come back to design that cover, if I've set it for next Tuesday at 2 p.m., next Tuesday at 2 p.m., there's a real good chance I'm going to be uninterested in it. It's flat out, this is hard, don't want to do it, and it takes me an hour. And it's not as good as it would have been had I just let myself do it. So that's another piece of it for me is, do I want to do this? Can I see myself doing it? And, you know, also that trust that I will let myself do it in a way that works for me as much as possible. Ooh, that's so cool. It's very flow state. Mm-hmm. Okay, my dog is freaking out. So I'm going to ask the last question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Do you read your kid's chart and like parent based on that information or like how do you or do you even use either astrology or human design 
in parenting? I have read his chart and I have not gotten into the nitty gritty of the gates and things yet. I keep thinking I really want to do that, but that's like a want. It's not like a, it's time. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm sure that difference makes sense to you. Totally. Um, and so, yeah, so I know I will do that at some point, but it has been very helpful just to know, I think the thing, some of the things that have been really helpful include knowing what his centers are and what mine are and how they might interact with each other. And then honestly, one of the biggest pieces has been around food. Um, so we didn't even get into this, but he has um, closed taste. And I forget what the determination, cognition is one of those, one of those words. But um, so he likes to eat the same foods over and over. Those are the foods that make him feel good. And so I know what he wants to eat. And he may every now and then kind of say, I'm done with this thing for a while. Great. Then it's off. Then we just don't buy that anymore for a while until, you know, sometimes I'll ask him, oh, are you on cheese again? And he'll say, oh, yes, I am. And so I'll start giving him cheese again. And then sometimes he'll eat it once ago. Mm, no, just kidding. I'm not really on cheese again. But he, he really knows what he wants. And he really knows what's going to be, you know, part of the thought behind this is that we know what our bodies need. Um, and so he loves vegetables and fruit and, you know, feel like he's getting sort of a rounded um, diet here, but he just likes to eat the same few things. He likes the same brand. And so knowing that helps me just really support him in eating. I have a totally different, different one. Mine is much more about how I eat. So I have nervous, uh, they call it nervous touch, but mine is really called nervous. And, you know, sometimes I like to get up when I'm eating and move around. Like I just need to go in the other room for a second and come back or, yeah, really like it. We often play games while we eat and that helps me. And he loves it too. He loves getting that connection time. He loves playing games. And for me, that's more about how I eat. And for him, it's more about what he eats. So that's been one of the biggest things that's been helpful for me. Ooh, that's so cool. Where do you find that in your chart? So um, the, the place that I found it was by going to Genetic Matrix and paying for an account there. I think it's $5 a month. Um, and so there's extra information that's underneath on the left side of the chart. I don't know where you got yours from, but if you got one of the ones where the details are listed on the listed on the left, um, then it's below that. And so it will tell you all kinds of extra information that unlocks a whole other set of things. And there are some people out there who feel like, oh, we shouldn't be learning about this. And there are some people who feel like this is one of the most important things to learn. So like with anything in human design, it's, you know, it varies, but it's been really supportive for me. That's so cool. Okay, so where can everybody find you and work with you and all of your juicy gen uh manifesting generator? I'm like so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um yeah, so my website is Erica Midkiff, E R I C A Midkiff dot com. Um, and my Instagram is Erica T as in temple, which is my middle name, Midgift, because Erica Midgift was taken many years ago when Instagram started. And at this point, I just haven't looked to see if it's free or not, because I'm so used to this one. I think it would be confusing for me. But yeah. Those are my, those are my main places. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was a real delight. I'm so I'm so glad we met. You know, we didn't even say how we met, did we? Oh, we should. Would you like to tell everyone? I would love to. So um, we both get monthly 
tarot cards in the mail from the wonderful Jordan of Sincerely the Tarot. And um, I posted a photo of my card for the month, which was King of Cups. And Jordan reposted it. And he reached out and said, we're tarot twins this month because he sends out two decks worth of cards every month. And so there's always a twin, somebody who has your same card. And that's how we met. We just started DMing on Instagram and the rest is history. And I love it. And it's so cool because I feel like the King of Cups is so generator because of like Mm -hmm. the water and the fire, which feels very like sacral. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I hadn't thought about that. Right? What a synchronicity. I love it. Cool. Well, Well, thank thank you you again. Yes. Thank you so much. And go take care of your sweet doggy. guys again for listening shout out to our theme song today holy ghost fire let's bump it see you guys later